is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Catholic Review Radio is a weekly radio program and podcast hosted by Catholic Review Media, the news operation of the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic partners for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to our listeners each week. Radio. I'm George Matasek. According to Johns Hopkins researchers, there are more than 1.2 million Marylanders who are deaf or hard of hearing. What is the Catholic Church and the Archdiocese of Baltimore doing to reach this community? Joining us to talk about it today is Christopher Duck, Coordinator of Deaf Ministry in the Archdiocese of Baltimore's Office of Life, Justice, and Peace. Chris is also a parishioner of Church of the Resurrection in Ellicott City. Chris, thanks so much for being here on Catholic Review Radio. Well, thank you for having me, George. Maryland has one of the highest concentrations of deaf people in the country. I, could you talk about that? Why, why are there so many people of that community living in Maryland? Yes, that is true. Um, the reason for that is, you know, there are several factors that play into it. First, there is the Maryland School for the Deaf in Frederick. And um, they were a pioneer in attracting uh, a deaf superintendent, um, a deaf management of the school, much shortly after the deaf president now uh, occurred at Gallaudet University, and there was a, you know, that hit national news. And so there were a lot of people who moved, uh, you know, to the Frederick area because of wanting to be part of things at the Maryland School for the Deaf. And we're also located near uh, Washington, D.C., where Gallaudet University is located, which is the, uh, the only national liberal arts college for the deaf uh, in the United States. And so there are some that, uh, you know, uh, would commute from, from Maryland to work and be affiliated with Gallaudet University. And in addition to that, uh, the federal government, you know, a certain amount of uh, deaf people are working with the federal government as well. So th- those factors, I think, uh, played into the reality that, in fact, we do have quite a large concentration of deaf people here in, uh, you know, the Baltimore Archdiocese. Um, it, they're in the Washington, D.C. area, but particularly in the Frederick County area seems to be the, where they are mostly concentrated, although they are, they are throughout the state. When it comes to practicing the faith for deaf people, uh, what are some of the specific challenges they face in that community, and what are some of the ways that the Archdiocese tries to reach out to help people practice their faith? Well, it doesn't take too much uh, imagination to kind of understand what might be going on here. Um, Let's start at the very beginning. Uh, A deaf child usually is born into a hearing family, over 90% of deaf children are born into a hearing family and the hearing parents didn't necessarily sign up for this. They didn't recognize that this was, uh, you know, something that would be happening in their life. And so a child is born and they're not prepared to communicate with the deaf child. And so there is often, you know, a challenge there in terms of just, uh, you know, learning the faith and passing on the faith that normally happens in the context of a family. 
And then on top of that, uh, to be very honest, the Catholic Church has not had a tremendous record in providing access for those who are deaf. And here in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, for an example, we do not have a priest who signs the Mass. You know, we have uh, several priests who know a few signs and are, you know, more than willing to interact with deaf people a little bit, but they do not feel comfortable and confident enough to, you know, sign the liturgy or to hear confessions um, in, in American Sign Language. And so because of that, there is quite an impediment to full participation in the church for those who are deaf. And so what do we do about that? Um, well, the Archdiocese um, has basically tried to provide interpreters where they are requested and where they are needed uh, throughout the Archdiocese. And before the pandemic hit, we had uh, like 18 different parishes throughout the archdiocese that had interpreted masses on weekends. And then, you know, with the pandemic, a couple of those have fallen off, but uh, uh, we're still uh, at least 13 parishes are, you know, do have interpreted masses on weekends. So that's the primary way. And then in addition to that, uh, we do invite a deaf priest to come to the archdiocese several times a year to provide mass in American Sign Language for the deaf population and so uh, and to be available for confession which is basically uh, unavailable at other times during the year. Mm -hmm. Is it licit to go to confession to someone who doesn't know sign language if you can write out the confession? I don't know if that's allowed. Yes, the church. yes that is allowed. And, you know, um, some deaf people are able to, uh, you know, feel comfortable with that and uh, be able to go to confession to uh, a priest who is unable to sign. The other possibility is to use an interpreter for confession, but most interpreters and most deaf people don't feel very comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. And there's a certain amount of discomfort also in writing down sins and having them sitting there on somebody's, you know, in, in writing. Right, right. <laughs> and what do you do with the paper? And uh, I mean... Are there parishes that offer auditory assistance? I'm thinking of headphones or things like that for people who might be hard of hearing. That's a very good question. Um, the, there are like 20% of the population do have a hearing problem, a, a loss, at least in one ear. And so every single parish has people who have difficulty hearing. There's just no question about that. Um, and then, you know, what do we do about that? With the American with Disabilities Act, you know, when uh, a sound system is put into a public place, they are required to provide assisted listening system within that public address system. And so normally the, when they do upgrade the system, uh, you know, if it's an older system or if they have a new system put in, there is some sort of an assisted listening system in probably, I would guess, probably almost all of the parishes in the diocese. However, that does not mean that those assisted systems are being used. And in my experience, in most of the parishes, they are not. Um, and normally what happens 
is their the most convenient system is an FM system where they add a, a, an FM broadcast basically that is very localized to the church so that uh, if you have the receiver then you can listen to what is broadcast over the PA system through a receiver which you would then use as headphones or ear ear uh, earbuds in your ear however these although they are provided when the system is put in in my experience most of them are sitting in a drawer somewhere mm-hmm. um, part of it is because they require upkeep and they require someone to take care of them they are run on a battery the batteries have to be changed and then people are sticking these earbuds in their ears someone has to clean them to make sure they're clean nobody takes on that responsibility and in addition to all of that most people who are hard of hearing often do not like to um, uh, identify themselves as hard of hearing and so they don't want to have to go to the usher or to the greeter and say do you have an assisted listening device that I can borrow uh, and then have this thing and then have this thing sticking in their ear and having people think that maybe they're listening to the ball game or something right. like this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> right? And so it's a stigma that is attached to using them. However, those who overcome that discomfort of being identified as using this device find them very, very useful. And they can hear and understand so much more than sitting there in the pew wondering what the priest is saying. Um, and so it, they're a very valuable system. Uh, there is an alternative system which works even better and which most deaf people uh, and hard of hearing people prefer, and that is called an auditory loop. And in that system, uh, when they place this system in place, there is a wire that is put into the perimeter of the building, either in the floor or in the ceiling. And that produces an induction coil, uh, an induction field, which the hearing aid can pick up. And uh, that's based on some old technology back when we had the great big heavy telephone receivers that you put up to your ear and there was a telecoil involved with that so that the hearing aid could be heard. But anyway, that technology, even though it's very old, is very effective because what happens is the deaf person or the hard of hearing person has a hearing aid which is adjusted to their own hearing loss which is adjusted for each different frequency of how much amplification they need. And so when the hearing aid picks up this signal, it goes right through their hearing aid, which is already adjusted personally to their hearing loss. Mm. And so they can also just very discreetly push a little button on their hearing aid and it switches over to take uh, the information from the the uh, the auditory loop instead of just what is being produced ambiently within the environment, and so that produces an, a, a a much better quality of hearing what's going on 
within the church. However, to install an auditory loop system is a, this is a larger initial expense on the part of the parish to do that. Well, our guest today is Christopher Duck, Coordinator of Deaf Ministry in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll come back and continue our conversation and also look a little bit at what seminaries are doing to try to prepare future priests in the area of deaf ministry. I'm George Matisek. You're listening to Catholic Review Radio. We'll be back in a moment. I have been a school sister of Notre Dame for 72 years. Most senior Catholic sisters, brothers, and religious order priests serve for years with little pay. I always taught the primary grades, and I loved it. Today, hundreds of religious communities lack retirement funds. Your gift to the Retirement Fund for Religious helps provide medications and care. Please give to those who have given a lifetime. Thank you, and God bless you a hundredfold. Donate at your local parish. Every child enters the world with limitless potential. Potential of mind. Potential of body. Potential of spirit. If there was only a place where that potential could be nurtured and challenged every day, where the limits of greatness, once unseen, could now be within reach. Catholic Schools Rise Above. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Imagine the Bible like this. The four gospel evangelists are the quarterbacks, the wisdom books are the coaches, and the poetic and praiseful book of Psalms is the halftime performer. That is how Tim Dobb, a 43-year-old parishioner at St. Louis and Clarksville, envisioned the Bible Draft, an inventive and interactive face-sharing experience that is catching on in parishes around the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Modeled after fantasy football drafts that draw sports fans every season, the Bible Draft is a way to engage the faithful in contemplation, fellowship, and friendly spirit of competition. Here's how it works. People join a league and take turns picking or drafting sections of the Bible to read, splitting up the entire 73-book canon, and writing and sharing personal reflections on what they read. Dobb came up with the idea nearly a decade ago and guided Our Lady of Victory in Arbutus this fall with its very first draft. As word spread, other parishes are considering forming their own leagues. While a student at Virginia Tech battling with depression, Dobb turned to the Bible and read the word as if it was written directly to him. He turned to the Bible again while sharing a house with four Christian men who were looking to make a commitment for Lent. They divided the Bible into sections and drafted the books they would read in the 46 calendar days from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday. As a group, they read every page. In the years since, Dobb has brought the draft to his church and launched a website, BibleDraft.com. For more on this story, visit CatholicReview.org. Catholic bishops in South Korea expressed sorrow and offered prayers after more than 150 people died in a stampede during Halloween celebrations in Seoul. They also called for a detailed investigation to identify the cause of the incident. The Halloween-related tragedy sparked nationwide public shock and anger in a country known for its crowd management. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. For Catholic Review Media, I'm Kevin Parks. The Archdiocese of Baltimore makes the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www. 
www.archbalt.org slash accountability. This is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Review Radio. Welcome back to Catholic Review Radio. I'm George Matisek. Our guest today is Christopher Duck, Coordinator of Deaf Ministry in the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and we're talking about outreach to the deaf community. Chris, could you talk about what the Archdiocese is doing in the area of training future priests, the seminarians of our Archdiocese, to be aware of the deaf community and, and how they might serve the deaf community? Yes, the interesting thing is that, you know, there are not a lot of deaf priests. Um, in the world, there are fewer than two dozen deaf people who are priests. Um, and in the United States, we have about 10 deaf priests. And so what we also need are hearing priests who can, are fluent in American Sign Language. And so, you know, I have been working with the vocations department, trying to encourage them to allow the seminarians to learn uh, American Sign Language, ASL. And specifically, the Archdiocese asked one of the seminarians, Luke Kosky, who is now Deacon Luke Kosky, um, to learn sign language. He had taken a, a class uh, before he became a seminarian in American Sign Language, and I think they picked up on that. So for these last several years, he has been working with me and with a deaf woman uh, on a regular basis to improve his American Sign Language skills so that he would be able to to celebrate the sacraments in American Sign Language. In addition, you know, Father Stephen Roth uh, will invite me to speak to the seminarians when they get together from time to time. So I've had that opportunity on a couple of occasions and uh, help them to understand what it is uh, that is is, is uh, related to deafness in terms of their ministry. And there are several other seminarians who also expressed an interest in learning American Sign Language. And so I have been working with them as well, trying to just help them learn some very basic kinds of signs. So th- that's what we're doing in terms of working with the seminarians here in this diocese. And it's, it's truly a great need. If there's someone out there right now listening and wants to learn sign language, what kind of resources are out there or where should they go if they want to take a class? That's a good question. They, there are many uh, options within the community. Um, oftentimes, I mean, for instance, there's some at the senior center sometimes. There's some at the community college that you can uh, sign up for, uh, sometimes for credit or sometimes just for enrichment. Um, and there are other uh, organizations within the community. The, uh, the Hearing Association will offer sign language classes. So within the community, there are various options. Occasionally, there will be a parish that actually asks, uh, you know, somebody to teach a sign language class at the parish. And that has happened on several occasions. How did you personally become active in this ministry? Well, um, I have a brother who is deaf, and my wife has a brother who is deaf, and so we have been involved with our families in terms of helping, uh, you know, them to have access to the, to the church. 
And so, you know, we have been involved with deaf ministry for many, many, many years and have a familiarity with what has gone on within the Archdiocese of Baltimore um, for for many years. And so I worked personally at the Maryland School for the Deaf. Um, and after I retired, then I was willing to take on this position part-time within the Archdiocese. But I had served within the Archdiocese on an advisory committee many years before that when uh, the position for ministry with the deaf had been eliminated. And so they set up an advisory committee to try to deal with that interim time, and I was involved back then as well. I I know it sounds like it it must be really frustrating at times because you're not only trying to minister to Catholics who are trying to receive the sacraments, but in this time of uh, being this push of being missionary disciples, you're also trying to reach out to create new disciples. And and if you you can't communicate with the community, that that must be a a major hindrance. Uh, What kinds of things do you what kinds of things do you do there to try to to evangelize in this community? Well, this is a very interesting statistic. Um, among the deaf community, just in general, in the United States, only 1% of deaf people go to any church on a regular basis. Mm. And so there is a very rich mission field there. Um, but it's very hard to attract deaf people to attend a religious you know service on a regular basis if in fact they don't feel welcome they don't feel that the uh, the mass the service the the uh, program the event is accessible to them uh, or there's an effort made for them to feel involved and welcome And so that's where we find the challenge uh, because I can't, uh, you know, instantly produce uh, access. Uh, We have not enough interpreters, so we are working on trying to increase the number of interpreters and and come up with other solutions, like is there possible that we should be considering captioning for math so that, you know, uh, and then also... Uh, you know, what can we do then to train the deaf people that who are attending, in fact, to become missionary disciples? So we've worked with picking several individuals to try to encourage them and sending them for special experience, uh, you know, uh, spiritual experiences that they might develop skills so that they can, in fact, reach out to other deaf people uh, in, in terms of trying to evangelize. I know Archbishop Laurie's been very intentional about making sure that there are interpreters at major archdiocesan masses. In, in fact, I think you are frequently the person who is interpreting at chrism masses and other things. Is, is that right? That's true. Yeah. Uh, ordinations and uh, the chrism mass and other big archdiocesan uh, events, we do try to make sure that there is an interpreter present so that not only, uh, you know, just so that everybody recognizes that that we need to do this and that, in fact, those events are accessible to those who are deaf. Do you find that when there is a, an interpreter present that more people from the deaf community come forward for the Mass? Oh, most definitely. I mean, if there's not an interpreter present, why would they go? So, uh, but yes, 
but that does not mean every single time that there is an interpreter present, I've, I've, I've noticed that there is a deaf person. Uh, it really will depend. I mean, the same would be true of any, you know, person in any particular parish. Well, will they go to an Arsaiasin event? You know, they may or they may not, but from all over the archdiocese, you know, but the percentage wise, the number of deaf people who are involved, you know, is much less. So, um, you know, sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. Do you have any tips for parishes on ways they can make their communities more welcoming? Well, the first thing is to to not feel that they are cut off and that they can't communicate. I mean, yes, you may not know American Sign Language, but you certainly can have a friendly face and you certainly can say hello and make somebody feel welcome. And that is, I think, the the most important thing um, when, especially if your parish does have an interpreter, many people feel like, well, you know, I can't communicate with that person who is deaf, who is attending, because I don't know American Sign Language. And to some degree, there's truth in that. But that doesn't mean you can't make them feel welcome. And and how can people get more information about deaf ministry, or or how can they reach you? Well, they certainly can uh, reach me at the Catholic Center. My email address is chris.duck, D-U-C-K, at archbalt.org. And also uh, the phone number there uh, at, the, at my office is 410-547-5419, 410-547-5419. Great. Well, our guest today has been Christopher Duck, Coordinator of Deaf Ministry in the Archdiocese of Baltimore. Chris, thanks so much for being here. You're welcome. For Catholic Review Radio, I'm George Matisek. Thanks for listening. Remember the spirit of your parish community, the power of worshiping together, the warmth of friends new and old who share your faith. Join us for Mass this weekend. Visit archbelt.org to find a Catholic parish near you. Feel the joy. The Catholic Review is the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the Catholic Church full-time. Pick up the monthly magazine at your parish or have it delivered to your home. Subscribe to our e-newsletter for twice-weekly updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Follow the Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Read it today in print or online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. Tune in to Catholic Review Radio next week. Available on WMET 1160 AM and 103.1 FM. Also, WSJF 92.7 FM in the Sykesville area and WVTO 92.7 FM in Baltimore City. Check us out on SoundCloud or your favorite podcast app. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Review Radio. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our Blessed Mother as we pray, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, 
Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May Almighty God bless us and keep us always in his love.